1-800-285-4321. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Now, let's start with some fun today because I like to always start with fun. And here we go. A commercial from the UK, an award-winning commercial. We'll tell you some of the background after we finish. We'll turn down the walk. people eating chips very colorful they're just enjoying themselves eating chips and a color palette matches the colors of the chip bags Seabrook brilliant by the bag full okay and so now we'll go over to the PDF which I gotta flip over there and the uh, it was one of the top ten uh, non-major advertisers in uh, in the UK, and so uh, it was a northern brand, Seabrook Crisps. It was a northern brand that isn't well known elsewhere, and so the uh, principals were tasked with the, with creating brand awareness in a category with little brand loyalty. Right, the chip market. Right, I mean I like crunchers, and but I you know. <laughs> There's a lot of variety, and I, I can pick out anything at a grocery store and be happy with it, pretty much. So it's dominated by a handful of key players, probably Frito-Lay and those, those kind. Uh, this campaign embraces the fact that the best things in life aren't always great or grand, but the little and every day. So the colors match the flavors. And uh, the judges said that this entry showed great attention to detail with stylish, fun, and well-thought-out art direction, which fits the brand. Now, the problem with all these award programs is how did it do in the real world? How did it sell? Did sales go up? Did sales go down? If you remember the Where's the Beef famous Burger King ad, um, sales went down. If you remember, I don't know, you got to be old to remember this, but Alka-Seltzer, if you remember Alka-Seltzer even, uh, had, a, had a, a slogan, plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. And uh, sales went down. Award-winning ad. So not always are award-winning ads also selling ads. And this is part of the disconnect between sales and marketing, which we're going to talk about today. Okay, now over to um, corporations are running out of talent and reskilling programs are stepping in. And so McDonald's is going to be training 10,000 workers, wants to add 10,000 workers. Someone told me once who owned a string of McDonald's that McDonald's was basically a training company that the owners of the McDonald's franchises had to go to McDonald's University. They had to be hands-on. The managers had to go. They had to be hands-on. And that uh, I think they told me out of two dozen employees that they hire, only one or two are there three months later. So their basic business model is training young people. And that's great unless you pay people to stay home. <laughs> but anyway, because of that, wages are going up. Chipotle is uh, and uh, corporate-owned McDonald's. Wages are up 10%. Chipotle wants to add 20,000 workers. 
and is increasing the average hourly wage to 15% by June. Amazon needs 75,000 new logistics employees. I think that's like warehouse people. I don't, you know, maybe that's a fancy name for it. And is offering an average starting wage of $17 an hour and up to $1,000 signing bonus. Uber reports that the median hourly wage for its drivers is several, in several major cities has topped $30 an hour. Now, part of this is driven by the fact that we've printed money like there's no tomorrow. We've like doubled, <laughs> we've doubled the money supply in the last year, and that cuts the value of money in half. So if you were all about raising the minimum wage, all you really had to do was have a pandemic and, uh, and everybody's wages go up, except for, you know, except for those pensioners and the people living on their savings, which instantly have their money cut in half. Oh, well, you know, that's the way it is. Life is never fair. But anyway, many companies are looking to reskill internally because replacing an employee costs 20 to 30% of the annual salary, while retaining an existing employee costs about 10% of their annual pay. So you can afford to pay a lot. Um, Walmart is giving employees and probably, or they're partnering with Guild Education to offer employees a chance to earn a high school or college degree for a dollar a day. So for $300, $365, or maybe it's a dollar per instructional day, which would be for $200 a year, you could get your college degree. That is amazing. Okay. And I would say, you know, go for it. You're better off doing that than borrowing a hundred grand and hoping that you get a payback someday. I don't think that's going to make it. Okay. But that's another thing. If you want to, if you want to, Basically, payback student loans. If you want to create a national payback program, all you have to do is print enough money that all the loans are worth half of what they were borrowed against. So you pay them back in basically 50 cents on the dollar just by making the dollar worthless. It's fascinating. There's other implications. You know, I took an economics course in college, believe it or not. And they said, there's no real harm in inflation. And in those days, we had like 17, 18, 20% per year. But there were companies in South America that were having, you know, 200%. And he said, see, things work. Um, uh, Jeff from San Francisco was telling me that they're looking for copywriters. They're looking for people with direct mail skills. I did a search on direct mail skills in the uh, Googleator, and nothing came up, basically. So stuff came up, but nothing relevant. Nothing about how hard it is. I've been to the CEO forum uh, at Namoa, I don't know, the last eight years in a row. I went to every one of them. I don't think I ever missed until they canceled the Namoas, the last two, three, last three. And uh, one of the number one issues has always been how do you teach people direct, direct mail, direct marketing? How do you teach those skills that were they were honed over decades of experience. Well, one idea is to get an old guy in. Another is to reach out to the WDMA. We have some actual on-site training available to teach people not only the basic skills of lists and items and how that works but and customer retention, but also the skills of customer valuation, of company valuation rather, and how re customer retention drives valuation and funds acquisition that interplay is complex and you know we can we can do i don't know about 40 50 employees at once it's pretty much an all-day thing it's lots of fun uh, we have a little bit of competition and 
and everybody learns a lot. One one company's CEO, CFOs, I think it might have been a Land's End, the CFO came up to me and said, you know, we never really understood what those marketing people were doing down there. <laughs> never mind, it was the most important function of the company. And at Land's End when we did it, uh, Jill Palamountain won, come from behind victory over Mike Smith's team. Who went on to Mike Smith went on to become president, but Jill was in charge of customer circulation, and so yes, now they helped design it, and uh, she didn't, but other people did, and so it's very very realistic. Uh, you say, well, it may be a little company, it may be a little catalog oriented. Well, catalogs are flagship brands in the direct mail industry, but it will teach you a lot of stuff, okay, about cost per piece and about average order size and about all those kinds of things. Okay, here's an interesting. Uh, article by Matthew Parker, my friend Matthew Parker, um, how you can be a print sales hero and the villain you have to fight. Okay, first starts off really well. Sales heroes aren't necessarily people who win multi-million dollar contracts. You know, it's not necessarily the person that wins the whole sales award for this month or this year. Sales heroes are the ones who keep bringing in the business that keeps the company going. Okay. I know somebody like that at Amadon Graphics, year after year after year after year. She, keep, she gets the clients that stay long time. They keep going with unglamorous activity that brings in the business. They are the unrecognized champions that keep a company and the workforce fed. Possibly you're a sales hero. If you are busy bringing in business for your company, then you qualify. But some salespeople struggle to achieve what they are capable of. They are fighting a villain and it has the upper hand. The villain is time. There's never enough time. And of course, Dexter Yeager used to say, you never have a time problem, you have a priority problem. So many people would achieve greater sales if they had more time, but they are constantly battling to make enough time. Current customers need attention. Production issues need solving. Team members need help. Okay, what's the solution? Many people don't believe they can be sales heroes. My next article, I'm going to spell three myths about sales heroes. So we're looking forward to that, but I'll give you it right now. I had the advantage of not having to limit my word count, whereas Matthew Parker, because he, I think this was written, printed in printing impressions or something like that. Um, and again, the articles are available, wdma.org. Just subscribe, it's free, and you get all the marked up articles, and you can go chase down the, the originals. Um, but anyway, like I said, it isn't exactly a time problem. It's a priority problem. And salespeople these days are notorious for sitting at their desk, especially in COVID, trying to get, you know, basically leaving messages on the phone. That's, that's what the sales job has become. And, uh, you know, when I sold printing back in the 70s, I was, I was calling on every business in surrounding towns go through every every uh, every single industrial park saying do you need anything printed and when they said yes I'd try to figure out how to do it sometimes staying up late designing logos or writing brochures I didn't know that people got paid for this stuff I just did it for free Matthew Parker says don't work for free I think that's good advice I told the printer the other day uh, we were trying to work out a, a, you know, sort of a deal, and I said, well, I don't want to, I don't want to get paid for nothing, 
but I don't want to work for nothing. I thought that was a pretty good, pretty good perspective. Anyway, here's how you do it in sales, if you want to know. Figure out who your top 10 customers are, and then spend 80% of your time with them. Call, write, send them gifts, drop off stuff, ask them what they're doing. Meet other people in the company. That's killer. Take them to lunch, do whatever you can. Okay, and if 10 isn't enough for you to keep you busy because they won't talk to you or something, find out why. Ask them why they don't want to talk to you more. Okay, then you take the next 10 or 20 or 30 and you give them 10% of your time. And then you give everything else 5%. And that's how you do it. Give the people the attention that pay the bills. Because somebody's going to. And somebody's going to be in there saying, we can print just as well as Acme Printing or whatever you work for. And we can, we can do everything for you. And those people are coming in the door or coming on the phone and saying, we can give you a better price. We can give you a better price. Matthew Parker talks about don't sell on price because it's a trap. But sometimes price is an issue. But it's usually not the only issue. It's usually just one issue. Okay? But even if you're not inundated with that kind of competition, you probably are and you don't know it. But even if you're not, there's always somebody, the chief financial officer or the marketing guys who went to college and got their MBA and never heard one never heard one lecture on mail. They're saying, we need digital transformation. We need digital. Right. You're fighting the internal politics. You're, in, you're fighting the internal budget process. You don't even know that that's going on. You don't even know that your buddy that loves your printing is retiring. And there's nobody left to fight for mail. I talked to a guy, USPS guy. He was going to lose 2.5 million pieces of mail a year because of a new marketing person coming in. Okay, what do you do? It's a great question. Again, like, subscribe, share. That's what we talk about on this show. And we're watching for Matthew Parker's next article. Absolutely. Let's go over and talk a little bit. Oops, that's enough for today. <laughs> My style consultant says, just do one article. Well, we did a couple. Okay, I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great day. Bye-bye.